Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Uncut Gems podcast bonus Patreon episode of our 2023 John Cassavetes Marathon. And this is an episode for February 2023. And my name is Jakub. And my name's Randy. So what we're doing today is we're going to continue our John Cassavetes retrospective. We're going to be talking about Too Late Blues. Before, our, before we do so though, just a quick reminder... Shadows is available on our Patreon. And again, thank and just thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting us. Because, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on our, on our Patreon, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for uh, for supporting this venture. And if you're listening to the uh, a little short teaser on our, I don't know, wherever else you find your podcasts and how you stumbled upon this, just a reminder, and like, I want to say like 13 minutes or less, our voices are going to do this. Drive away, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you, you, you won't be able to hear any more of this. So you will have to go to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/uncutgemspod and subscribe. Three bucks a month is all it takes to open access to the uh, to the riches of our Patreon account. Anyway, so that's what we're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip all the usual spiels anyway. Let's just get to the meat and potatoes of, of this, right? Let's just talk about John Cassavetes because. Uh, that's what we're here for. So let's just let's talk to like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk too late blues. I'm John Cassavetes. I'd like to tell you about this motion picture, Too Late Blues. It's about people I know, my age, my generation, the night people, the jazz musicians, the drifters and dreamers, the floaters, the chicks, the smilers, the hangers-on, the phonies. Too much sex, not enough love. And they live in the world of Too Late Blues. But go find your own music, man. Go write it if you can. I am tired of carrying this group, boy. Come on, go. Get your hands off me, man. Whoever told you that's what you had to do in order to reach somebody? Are you kidding? Just where do I stand without my body, huh? Tell me that. I got no time for failures. Okay. Make me a success. So, right. Too Late Blues was directed by John Cassavetes, but, you know, it's a John Cassavetes marathon. What did you expect, right? And it was co-written by Cassavetes and Richard Carr, and it stars Bobby Darin. I think it's pronounced Darin. Yep. Or Darin. I never know. Bobby Darin. Bobby Darin. Stella Stevens, Everett Chambers, uh, who's not much of an actor, however, uh, like he pulls his weight, but he's a producer. <laughs> he right, he produced... becomes a TV producer, right? Oh, he was a TV producer. Before. He was a guy who was brought into the film by Cassavetes because he was a John... he was a producer on Johnny Staccato, and then he became even a bigger producer because he was like on Columbo and. <laughs> So I suppose he stayed in the in the genre. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it stars them and a few other people as well, and a few sort of recurring faces from Shadows as well. And it's a story about this uh, jazz musician Johnny, uh, aka Ghost Wakefield, who is uh, tired of playing music for nobody, and he seeks commercial success with the help of a studio label and his agent Bobby, which is that's Everett Chambers. Uh, however, this decision puts him at odds with his bandmates and risks 
ghost selling his artistic soul to the corporate machine of entertainment and that's more or less the movie so just in in terms of like a quick spiel of how this movie came together i don't have much knowledge because the movie is for for the most part considered a bit of a footnote in john cassavetti's filmography by pretty much all the scholars out there um However, the story goes that after Shadows became a success overseas, because we talked about it last month, that it just, Americans didn't really care for it. But then when it opened in Venice and opened in London, it really did big business. So Cassavetes and his big mouth started running. He started essentially just talking to the press about the movies he's going to make, right? He, so he says, like, oh, I have this idea. I'm going to do a movie about Jesus. I'm going <laughs> to do a. Yeah. I mean, some of these ended up being actual scripts, but, you know, more on that in a second. But he started essentially just trying to attract attention from someone who would finance his stuff. <laughs> and he, so he was talking about these movies he's going to make. Um, and then, and then, and as, as he was doing this, he was just like bragging about all these ideas he has and all these things. And he has these, um, like almost deals lined up with studios because he, he thought that, you know, if, if people hear, <laughs> that he has these movies lined up with I don't know UA, then someone in MGM or not in MGM like in like I don't know, let's just say I don't know Universal is gonna line up and it's like ah oh, we're gonna finance your stuff because you're shit hot. None of that happened. So he but then at the same time he was still doing Johnny Staccato in uh, he was I think at the time when Shadows was opening he was gearing up to actually star in Johnny Staccato and then he starred in Johnny Staccato between like 1959 and 60. Uh, and then, uh, and then, as as this, as events kind of moved along, he kind of just got burnt out with with television because he really didn't like the way they were making were making art. I mean, he didn't see TV as move, doing art anyway, uh, which I suppose Tule Blues is kind of a like has elements of it in here. Um, however, in the meantime, he, someone told him uh, potentially Sam Shaw. Uh, so he was one of the big big sort of powers behind making shadows a reality right he told him like you gotta learn how to write right because we can't do this again <laughs> Wait, right uh and so he he, uh, he got him in touch with a writer i think his name was mac corsley who gave him a crash course in screenwriting and just like told him about how you know like, write what you know and how you just keep the st- keep keep the characters progressing like you just l- taught him all the sort of like basic tenets of storytelling uh, like the sort of narrative storytelling. So he wrote a bunch of scripts. One he wrote about the American dream. Uh, about He actually wrote a script about Jesus. I think it was called either the trial, trial of Jesus or like 30 pieces of silver. And he, write it, he wrote a script called The Hot Sun that he really wanted Sidney Poitier to do with him. Um, so he had a few scripts, but they went nowhere. Uh, and then one day Marty Macklin from Paramount called him. And then he asked if he has scripts. And then he said, like, of course I have scripts, right? Like, we just wrote a script this weekend or whatever with uh, with Richard Carr, which is a story that he apparently told later on that this was, like, Too Late Blues was, this, I think, concocted over a drunk, drunken weekend when Cassavetes wrote one half, Carr wrote the other half, and they met in the middle and they and nev- never read each other's halves. But apparently that's a myth. So they had they had this script ready to go. They actually wrote three. There was one which I really want, wanted to see because uh, they almost then later on had it in production called the Iron. I think it's called the Iron Men, 
uh, about a squad, an all-black bomber squad in World War II with Sidney Poitier, who was supposed, who was supposed to star. Um, and then another one was called A Piece of Paradise. But then they had all the 2A Blues, which is a kind of another story kind of based on a script that Cassavetes was attached to at some point about these Parisian jazz musicians. Um, so they wrote Too Late Blues, uh, and then Marty Macklin just got got him a Paramount deal for I think two pictures. Uh, so, so and this is this is when the sort of the big story kind of just starts because like John Cassavetes in Hollywood had uh, fought an uphill battle pretty much this whole time trying to make this movie because he wanted to make this movie the way he wanted to do it as in in New York, New York on location, and Paramount was like absolutely goddamn no. You're doing this on a soundstage. You're doing this in in LA. We're not moving the production to to New York. And God forbid, you're not going to spend six months doing it. You have thirty days of shooting time. That's what you're going to have. And he wanted Montgomery Clift and Gina Rollins to play the main two roles. They said no. <laughs> so so that's something. Um, and then just he yeah extras. He wanted like complete non actors, and they said absolutely not. At least he got his a bunch of his friends to start in supporting roles. So like all the bandmates, like you, you recognize the faces. Like there's like people from Shadows are as as bandmates, and Everett Chambers his, was his friend, so he got to be Bobby. And Seymour Cassell, who helped out yes. in Shadows, right? Like you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seymour Cassell got a role. <clears throat> so and so it, it's a whole sort of palaver of these sort of problems because i mean we're, we're gonna get to it in a, in a minute anyway but it's just as a result like this like i, I want to say cassavetes almost kind of just is a little bit ashamed of this movie was a bit ashamed of this movie and he was inventing stories around why this movie didn't go the way it went even though he kind of got 95 percent of what he what he wanted he actually got done <laughs> but then like i think studio over overrode him on a few occasions like they removed like a 10 minute dream sequence from the film which would be fascinating to see because apparently it absolutely served no purpose whatsoever <laughs> um but anyway the movie became a massive bomb no one see, no one saw it critics absolutely panned it like it really hated it was really hated at the time in 1961 it was released and on it took Five decades almost for some critics to actually go and say, you know, it's not that bad. It's a, it has a Samuel Beckett sort of thing going, going on for him. However, to this day, it kind of re- remains a little bit, call it, underappraised, which is why we're here. So, <laughs> Randy, where do you stand on Too Late Blues? That was your first watch, by the way, right? This, yeah, this, everything that I unearth in this sort of year of Cassavetes. Um, is going to be new because I, oh, I wow. haven't seen any anything by by the man. Uh, so yeah, this this was a first viewing, and I got to say, there's a few things that sort of come to mind. One is was the hanging out in a blues uh, setting, in a, in a blues club. Is that like a genre that almost came to be in the '60s? I'm going to say maybe it was. I also watched Paris Blues this week. Which is a Martin Ritt film. With... That's um that's the film that John Cassavetes was supposed to do, and this is how this oh, okay. is this is the, this movie is the one that's kind of related to it because so he nicked a bunch of ideas mm-hmm. from it and then just put it in his script. But that's the movie that's the Martin Ritt movie that John Cassavetes <laughs> was supposed to star in. I think. Okay, in- interesting because I happened to 
watched that this week. I came across it on Tubi going down another rabbit hole, the Sydney Poitier rabbit hole that I've been going down. So I watched that and that that was a good little film, but it was also 1961 as this mm-hmm. was. I think these were released two or three months apart. And when you were saying something about a Parisian blues club scene, it's like, what? Yes. Really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot the title, but that's exactly what it was. I mean, John Cassavetes was still, a, was a TV star and he was kind of hanging out with all these indie rock stars. Like he, like he really was hanging out with like Montgomery Clift. He really wanted to work with Burt Lancaster. He wanted to work with for like Stanley Kramer. He got to work for him next, like a few years later for Child is Waiting, but he, he did that as in like he wrote the script. I think Martin Ritt sent him a script and I think I don't know who ended up doing this. Paul Newman, right? It's Paul Newman. Yeah. Uh, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward and Sidney Poitier. And I forget the other actors, but she was quite amazing in it, actually. So, yeah, like this is one thing. Is this is this sort of a is are there other films or th- these two maybe just unbeknownst to me? They are, or sort they are of joined at the, the hip. hip. Yes. yes. Uh, okay. Fascinating. Well, good for me for my <laughs> accidental research. <laughs> Because, because uh, my gosh, it was, did it was you actually watch thing. the film or did you just Paris Blues? Yeah, I watched it. It's it's great. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, and that's sort of a you know more of a, a romance, uh, romance and uh, racial affairs and you know life in Europe versus life in the states type of mm-hmm. discussion as opposed to too late blues. But it was really good. Um, and then I was as I was watching that and I was watching uh, too late blues. I'm thinking. You know, a guy who I think was inspired, at least in some ways, maybe by these these two films, or if there's a whole, you know, if the, if there's a whole gamut of films about, you know, blues clubs is probably Woody Allen, because mm-hmm. there's sort of a yep. flavor later on that his films have to do with rich people hanging out in blues or jazz clubs, uh, you know, just sort of talking. Um, but anyway, I had that that thought there was was this a thing? And I'm just stumbling across it. There's another um, one. <clears throat> like it feels like there must have been a bit of an audience for it as there were a couple films you know there's, oh there's another film by the way all night long is called i've seen this okay and it's like an adaptation of otello <laughs> oh. uh made by basil dearden uh which is about jazz musicians and i think it's about a drummer <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so, cool. but it's, so. it's essentially like an Othello just mapped on a uh, on like a sort of like if you'd like to listen to this show in its entirety head over to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash uncutgemspod where for three bucks a month you'll be able to hear many other bonus recordings of ours such as tie-ins to our main show mini retrospectives and comprehensive director marathons patreon.com slash uncutgemspod is the place so head over there and subscribe (laughs) 